I, I just thought that it was going to be a faraway dream, but over time and kind of looking at some peers and also through booking other locations through my client projects, I saw other people having a studio space for their own work and renting it out. And my brain was like, huh, so these people have their own studio space. They probably have their rent covered by renting it out. I feel like I could maybe figure out a way to do that too. Welcome to the Build and Bloom podcast. I'm Jessica Whitaker. This episode is the first episode we've ever had a guest on the podcast. And that guest is my friend Champagne, who is a photographer based out of Los Angeles that has opened up a photography studio, Fuka Studios, in downtown LA. In the episode, Champagne is going to walk us through her timeline of opening a photography studio and operating it. So we're going to learn the logistics and the back end to writing a studio. Champagne will also be bringing you practical and actionable steps that you can use to move forward if opening up a photography studio is one of your dreams that you would love to turn into a goal. I can't wait for you to learn from this incredible business woman. Let's get started. You're listening to the Build and Bloom podcast with host Jessica Whitaker, an educator of film and digital photography to beginners, both in workshops across the globe and online. Creator of the Build and Bloom group on Facebook, one of the largest and most engaged photography communities with over 60,000 members, and founder of non-profit Sister Sister, a monthly networking group for young women in media. Jessica Whitaker cuts the fluff and will help you to grow your photography business with practical, actionable tips in every episode. If you're ready for a roadmap to a better personal and professional balance, then Build and Bloom podcast will help encourage, empower, and educate you to not only build your dream business, but sustain it. And now, here's your host, Jessica Whitaker. Champagne, I am so excited for this episode. Those listening are going to learn so much about how to open up a photography studio as well as just opening up a separate business venture things to consider you have so much practical information to share but before we get into all of that why don't you share a bit about yourself my name is champagne i know that's really weird for some people to grasp their mind around i love it it's pretty it's also on brand i i know (laughs) this is a name that was given to me at birth um so my parents just like gave me a built-in marketing tactic in my name already. So thanks, mom and dad. I'm a freelance photographer specializing in beauty and fashion photography. I also have a photography studio in downtown LA called Buka Studios. I also have pink hair, a cat named Pony, and a rainbow kitchen. My main business is my photography, and the studio is kind of like this side project that I've taken on. So I'm just kind of... I'm so excited for myself to take kind of the back end of the conversation and let the studio be the focal point because I don't think a lot of people have had the chance to learn about its journey. Um, people may may know me, but they don't necessarily know like all the ins and outs of how we got the studio and what it took to get it up and running. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about this topic. <laughs> So let's just hop on into it. First, what's the name of your studio? The name is Buka Studios, spelled B-O-O-K-H-A. It really doesn't mean anything. It's just a fun word. 
that we just came up with. With Buka Studios, let's first talk about the inspirational side, but I think that those listening are going to be really interested in more of the logistical side. So from For sure. your insurance, security cameras, uh, how the customer service and experience, yeah. how you conduct that, I think that's what so many photographers kind of, they might have this dream to open up space, totally, but then they have no idea how yeah. to move forward with it. So for you on the inspirational side, how long was the dream phase? How long have you wanted a studio for? And then at what point did you have that aha moment that you decided, okay, now's the time I'm going to take action and this studio is going to happen. It's going to happen in uh, downtown LA. I think the dream for creating a studio immediately started when I decided I wanted to be a photographer. I just knew like I will have made it if I have a studio you know, and um, I think the the itch to make this dream happen got bigger and bigger and bigger the more I kind of traveled through my career and uh, progressed because I started collecting lighting equipment. I had to shoot for clients. I needed a space. I was shooting in my apartment and that's like not the most professional thing. And also it's so freaking annoying to just have lighting equipment everywhere in your apartment. Anytime I had friends over, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Just don't look at that corner of the apartment. It became more and more heavy in my brain, this dream of having my own studio space. But I always thought like, that's going to happen later in my career. Like I probably need a ton of money to be able to afford rent for a studio space and then having, I don't know, like paint for the walls or random Mm -hmm. furniture to have like your client sit on while you're shooting, et cetera, all that stuff. Like I just knew it was going to be a lot of upfront costs. I I just thought that it was going to be a far away dream, but over time and kind of looking at some peers and also through booking other locations through my client projects, I saw other people having a studio space for their own work and renting it out. And my brain was like, huh, so these people have their own studio space and they rent it out for other people and they make money off of that. Mm -hmm. They probably have their rent covered by renting it out. Huh. I feel like I could maybe figure out a way to do that too. So then I just don't have to pay for my own space. I just have the space. Back in like, I think it was 2018, I met my business partners. And they're also another, um, they're a photography agency, creative agency. And they've been needing, they had needed a space to also shoot their, for their own client work. And we were just talking back and forth and I told them like it would be cool to have a studio space and they're like yeah it would be cool and I'm like should we have a studio space together so we started kind of that conversation and I'm very much the person like once I have an idea and like want to do something like I just try to make it happen as soon as possible like I just I I don't know there's something Mm -hmm. in my brain where I'm like I can't like not make this happen so once you have the momentum yeah they told me yeah we'll go in on a studio later that day I was already like listing looking on Craigslist for all the studio space ads um yeah so I knew that I couldn't do it alone and that's why I wanted some business partners and also this was just like a scary undertaking to like run a second business I had no idea what that would all entail and I knew Mm -hmm. just having like emotional support financial support um, would help a lot. 
so I think this is a good way for us to now kind of talk about the logistical side. How long did it take you to plan? So from that decision that you and your business partners agreed to unlocking the front door. Timeline on the studio. In 2018, I met my business partners. We decided that we wanted to go in on a studio together. We found the cutest space. It was in downtown. The price was right. We loved the landlord. We signed the contract and we had a verbal agreement between the landlord that it would be okay for us to rent out the space, but we didn't get it in writing. And that was like a learning lesson that we ended up learning. And so that was our first location. (laughs) No one knows. Buka Studios has, this is its second location. No one has seen the first location because we signed the lease. And once we started working in the space and putting in ideas on how to decorate it, our landlord quickly was like, just kidding. Like, I'm not comfortable with you renting out the studio space for insurance purposes because apparently he had been like scammed in the past for renting his building and had like a lawsuit. Like someone was leasing out a unit, someone hurt themselves and sued his building. So he didn't want that to happen again, which is totally understandable. He let us out of the lease and we were sad to see the space go because it had like beautiful light. It was great AC, um, (laughs) which is definitely needed in downtown (laughs) LA. And at the time we were like super bummed and really upset, but it ended up, I feel like everything happens for a reason. We found an even better location. It was bigger in size and we learned from our lesson and we got it in writing we hired a lawyer to draft up a contract for the lease to write into the contract that we are allowed to rent it out we're allowed to hold events we're allowed to have alcohol in the space given like all the you know liquor license requirements so it ended up being a a good thing in the end, but it definitely took way longer to open because we ended up, we signed the first lease January 1st, 2019, and we didn't end up opening like the actual doors till July, 2019. So like six months later, but our second location we got May 1st and we did renovations for two months and then opened. We, we really tried to like hustle it. We wanted to open sooner, but we decided to redo the flooring and that took a long time. Just renovation stuff like painting and all that jazz, like it just took longer than we thought. But yeah, we opened last July and um, so it's coming up on uh, a year. Do you feel like you were able to also open a bit quicker the second time because it was already sorted from the first location? Yeah, we had definitely, I would say it was a little bit easier to launch into things because we had just months of kind of scheming and uh, ideas being passed around on how we wanted to design it. We already had our LLC. We had a bank account we had our insurance paid for so all of those things were taken care of it was the only thing that took the time was just painting the space designing it uh, painting we painted murals we designed textured murals we installed velvet curtains we went and 
potted plants. We made the space like super cute and very lifestyle driven. We wanted to design the space more lifestyle driven because we saw a lot of blank white psych studio spaces already in downtown and their price was just not cheap but just very inexpensive and in my mind like why should we compete with plenty of other businesses that are already already got that nailed down the price is right like there's no way that we could compete with that so we wanted to take it like we want to offer something super unique the location has multiple different backdrops so when a client books it you just shoot all in one space and your whole lookbook can look very cohesive we have a, a cohesive color scheme cohesive furniture and pieces and it'll make sense in your lookbook or whatever it is that you're shooting and you don't have to like shoot at one location drive an hour to another location and find another spot and move 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 we wanted it to be all in one space so it's very convenient um that that's we we saw other businesses on peer space kind of designed this way peer space is an online platform similar to airbnb instead airbnb you rent out your home per night peer space you rent out like either your studio event space or like conference kind of meeting rooms by the hour. And we saw them doing pretty successful for themselves. And also as a photographer, I was shooting in other similar studios in LA, other designed kind of lifestyle spaces. And I was like, this is such a good idea. This makes it so easy while I'm shooting that everything looks the same. Everything's like I don't know, just color coordinated and cute. We we don't even have to try. Like, just put the model there. There's the product. Shoot in the space. It looks cute. It's perfect. Good to go. So the top things that we had in our mind when designing it is we wanted it to look cohesive, but we wanted several different backdrops, and we wanted tons of light. So we were desperate to find a space that had big windows, tons of natural light, direct light coming in, and we found the perfect spot. Honestly, like it gets a ton of window light and yeah, we, we just along our design process, we were picking and choosing pieces and colors to kind of match each other. Maybe let's talk a bit about the decorating process, the design process. So how did you land on the design, the color palette? Did you do market research or did you design it more for you? What was that whole process like? Yeah, the design process of the space was definitely a process and the space had gone through a series of different stages and I would say even now we're still continuing to switch it up and design it. We always knew that we would have a space that we would every six months change out furniture, change out backdrops just to keep it fresh so that returning people could come to the space again and have something new that they didn't uh, ever see before. Um, in the beginning, the space was actually designed to be something completely different than what it actually looks like now. We wanted it to be like dark and moody and some like tropical textures and jewel toned like uh dark blues and dark forest greens um and now it's just funny to look at the space because it's very bright and pink and cream colored and <laughs> so it's totally different um 
but I think through a series of events led us to where we are. And I think also just as we've designed the space, we've, we've changed it because like when we first um, painted the space, we designed a mural that was very like purple and pink. And we had a furniture piece that was so, it was like a couch. It was so comfortable to sit in, but no one ended up shooting against it. So we're like, Hmm, this is, you know, prime real estate here, this wall, but no one's shooting against it. Why aren't they shooting against it? Maybe let's just switch it up. So we painted over the mural. We installed cute pink wallpaper. We took out the couch and we brought in two plush velvet armchairs. And now that is like my favorite corner in the room now. Um, so just through seeing how people use the space and utilize it, what's being shot more, what's being shot less, we've kind of transitioned. I definitely don't think that we knew from the get-go what to do. I We didn't do any market research. We were just like, la, 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 what's cute? What's on Pinterest? Oh, this is cute. Let's do this. Um, also, what I thought would be cool to talk about is that we got a lot of brand sponsorships with the space, which helped a lot with the financial process because paying for furniture, paying for wallpaper, paying for light fixtures, that's expensive. Especially the quality of what you have in this space is all very well, like very beautiful furniture, but it's also, at least it looks really like comfortable, really well made. So I, yeah, that was gonna be my next question of like, how did you tackle the process of furniture for an entire space? We we knew the cost of furniture would be expensive and we didn't want to get, I don't know, cheap stuff. We would we would get cheap stuff that's cute if we had to end up paying for it. But ideally, we'd have, you know, that good, good stuff, uh, <laughs> you know, um, that's comfortable and cute and trendy. In the past, I've been able to, like, as a photographer, reach out to companies and, and get small sponsored stuff here and there and... I thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to reach out to wallpaper companies, furniture companies, lighting companies, and just hit them up and be like, I just opened a lifestyle photography studio in downtown. We are designing the space. I'd love to offer you high quality photography of your product in the space, as well as video, as well as social media shout outs. And you can use the photos for whatever you want, we would just love a couch, <laughs> you know, and people actually responded to my emails and we were able to get majority of our furniture covered. We have two beautiful wallpaper murals that we would have never been able to afford. And they're honestly like my favorite murals in the space. They're just, the wallpaper is so pretty. It's like this um, very beautiful hand painted looking pink um, abstract design and we have also these beautiful chandeliers and light fixtures throughout the studio which also just helps like make the space brighter we already had like overhead lighting but we wanted some extra pizzazz and knew that you know a chandelier in a space just just pulls it all together and so yeah we I just reached out to people and offered them photography and I have like a tiny bit of an online following but I'm not like super well known and I don't think I think that just approaching it as like 
I'll give you photography, like understanding that photography is like a huge resource to companies, not just Mm -hmm. like social shout outs, like for a company to have high resolution quality photography of a well-designed space with their product in it is like huge. Mm -hmm. Companies spend thousands of dollars to put together a whole photo shoot just to shoot their product. And if you're offering them all of it for free, just for the product, like people bow down to that. They want that. There's companies out there that will say yes. I think people shouldn't just assume that, oh, I don't have a following. I can't reach out to companies for trade for product type situations. I think if you're just able to offer something of value to them and they find it valuable, like that's a a, a good deal right there in and of itself. Social media is can't isn't the only valuable thing that people can offer. This episode of the Build and Bloom podcast is brought to you by Contractista, my favorite resource for lawyer-drafted photography contracts. Photographers, running a business legally isn't optional. Even if photography is your part-time side hustle, you must use legitimate contracts to protect yourself and your clients. Hopefully, you won't have any issues pop up, but on the off chance that something does happen, you want to make sure that you're covered. It's like having car insurance just in case of a fender bender. It protects you for the just-in-case scenarios. And just in case, you need to have a real contract created by a real attorney. If you DIY it, you're risking the chance that your contract wasn't actually legally binding at all. But then, of course, having an attorney to draft one for you can cost thousands of dollars. Contractista is your one-stop shop of attorney-drafted legal documents for entrepreneurs. Actually, not only are they attorney-drafted by a business and intellectual property attorney, but they're also peer-reviewed by attorneys with over 30 years of experience in contract drafting for multinational corporations. Anyways, Contractista actually has bundles specific for photographers that cover portrait photography contracts, wedding photography contracts, plus some legal disclosures you have to put on your website. Just like you have to have car insurance to drive a car, you have to have attorney drafted contracts for your clients and websites to run a business. Head to jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts and protect yourself from that just in case. Use the code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off. That's BUILDBLOOM15. jessicawhitaker.co slash photography contracts and use code BUILDBLOOM15 at checkout for 15% off. Creating images is one thing, it's great. It's you're able to kind of create your own dreamland in these photographs. But when you have a physical space, something like tangible design, what was that like for you as not just a photographer, but as an artist to kind of see as the end result and to be able to create within? Yeah. Oh, I cried when we like opened. Like I had a moment. I had a moment by myself in there. Like it's just like a you just like accomplish a dream. It's just like, oh, my gosh, this is this is happening. This is crazy. And I think it's always important to just kind of like stop sometimes and reflect and appreciate the things and the accomplishments you do. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, even now, like it's still surreal that I have a space and it's cute and she's able to pay for herself through us renting it out. It's so, so beautiful. And everybody listening, pop to the show notes right now, unless you're like driving down the freeway, driving at all, not just the freeway, (laughs) pop over to their Instagram and just take a look. So you have more context. Like this space looks like it is straight out of a magazine. It's so beautiful. I can't wait to shoot there someday. Like even the videos that you could do, the events you can do. Yeah. 
you've really thought out every single detail about this being a lifestyle space and a working space. Yeah, we have we made sure that we had the place not only designed cute, but it was functional. Like we have a large steamer and a clothing rack mm-hmm. so people don't have to bring their own. That's just like a convenience thing. We nice. have a mini fridge because we know shoots are long and sometimes people bring their own snacks and they need like a cold refrigerator. We also have a coffee pot because we all need our caffeine you know what i'm saying so (laughs) um, we have tap water you know we have amazing ac and heating when it's cold so we made sure that i think coming from a place of like i'm a photographer and i've rented out other studios i knew what i really appreciated and what worked and what didn't work and i wanted to be able to incorporate that we have great Wi-Fi. We have lots of outlets, things like that. We have nice. like a digi cart, so the photographer can put their computer and tether their camera to it. We have sandbags nice. there for people to use. Just little touches like that, little conveniences, I feel like go the long way and people really appreciate it and makes the opportunity for a returning client to happen. Do you provide lighting equipment to photographers or do they bring their lighting equipment or is that like a separate expense that you could they could rent out we do not provide lighting equipment we decided not to because that's just a whole other insurance thing Mm -hmm. then we're like a rental house then we have to check and make sure that the equipment is working before and after everyone uses it and we just that's just like I don't know. It's just a little bit of a headache. I don't want to like deal with it. So it's, you bring your own equipment. You're responsible for that. We are not. We just we're the location. Honestly, most most studios I've gone to that are very lifestyle looking, they don't give me equipment. They don't even yeah. give me la- yeah. sandbags. So the fact that we have a DigiCar and sandbags, I feel like is us yeah. going a little bit but above and beyond. Um, totally. So that's just a just another liability thing. And also, I don't. I would never want to go to a location and assume that they're going to have lighting equipment and like use their lighting equipment and then it doesn't work and then I'm screwed. Yeah. Not to say that we would ever rent out faulty equipment, but as a photographer, I don't want to rely on a studio to have lighting equipment. No, that makes total, total sense. This might be the only really resource that some photographers have for their own studio. So I think it's really good to emphasize that point. I wouldn't imagine that you would provide lights tell me a bit about customer service crafting the experience and also do you find that your experience already working with photography clients has really been a big advantage for you in being able to naturally kind of come up with ideas and solutions for your uh, studio clients so I i feel like the customer service aspect definitely is a hodgepodge of like knowledge that i obtained from being a photographer but also honestly from working in customer service like I used to work at Disneyland I used to work at Bath and Body Works I used to work at a coffee shop like I interacted with strangers and different people quite a bit before I started my photography career so and and my partners as well also like we knew that this is not the same business model that we have for our own businesses this is going to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. customer service driven I understood that in order for people to book the space again what would make them want to book the space again 
being super mm-hmm. friendly, being prompt on my communication, laying it all out, all the details, how to use everything, super clean, straightforward, and cute. Telling them just like basic information, like where to park and give them different options. Because if we were just like, great, you're booked, show up at this time, here's the address Mm -hmm. and just like open the door for them they'd be like i gotta figure out all this other stuff i also understand like as a photographer as a producer as a company and you're booking the space like that you've never been to you don't know where parking is especially in downtown it's a headache and any extra help and information that you can get from the studio is just so much more helpful it's like less of a headache and it's also reassuring to them to know that they're taken care of if they have any questions they can text us while they're shooting it's just creating like a really nice friendly customer experience and the industry is also really small like just because they're not hiring me as a photographer to shoot for their lookbook my name's attached to the studio and if they have a bad experience they're gonna tell someone about it i don't want to give anyone a reason to say anything bad. I'm gonna show up with a smile on my face. I'm gonna introduce myself. I'm gonna make sure that they understand that they're taken care of and that we are so excited to have them in the space because we are, like this is a studio and we want people to use it. It's cute, it's designed for them. They should use it and they should make amazing content. And we would be so excited for everyone out there listening to Rent Space as well. Come, come to Buka Studios. <laughs> so with the people who are renting the space, do you give them a key beforehand? Do you let them in? Are you there the whole time they're shooting? What's that process like? We decided that we wanted to open and close the doors for them. Mm-hmm. For security purposes, we didn't want to have just a code or a lockbox because that could be stolen or given to someone else and someone could break in. And also it just adds a better better customer experience if there's someone there opening and closing the space. You see them eye to eye. You're making eye contact. If they ruin something in your studio, they have someone to answer to, you know? Mm-hmm. People are more yeah. likely to treat it like their own home if they see, if they put like a name to face, you know? Yeah. Um, we have a Nest camera in there recording 24-7. And that is a little bit peace of mind too, just on our end as the mm-hmm. studio in case anything does break. And we have like recorded footage of it happening and if anyone breaks into the studio, we have that recording. I get notifications on the Nest Cam app saying person spotted or there's movement in the studio. And that's been super helpful and a peace of mind because I'm just over here in my apartment. I don't know what's going on in downtown, um, but I can just hop on my app and like look at the live feed and know that everything's kosher. How do you deal when people go over time? In my initial email to them, I tell them also, like, if you need, if you're going over time, text us, let us know ahead of time. And even I reiterate everything that I said in the email when I see them in person so that they, you know, just in case. Um, So if they go over time, Peer Space is like beautifully designed with the studio and business in mind because they have it laid out so easy i get an email and a text every time at the hour at the second of when a booking starts and ends saying the booking is about actually gives me a 30 minute warning before the booking starts text me that and then 
when the booking's over, it texts me saying, how did it go? Do you need to add overtime or any um, extra charges? And right there in the website, you can add overtime. But I always let people know ahead of time, like if you need, just so it's not like blindsided, like we do charge per hour. So if you're going to go over, let us know ahead of time. So logistically, we can arrange our day and make sure that we're available to close the studio, but also just letting you know, like, we're going to charge you for this extra hour. And I always mm-hmm. give them, I'll give them a five minute grace kind of period. And if they're still in the space, I'll be like, hey, I just noticed that you guys are like still in the space. Do you need extra time? I'd be more than happy to charge you for an extra hour. And usually people are like, oh, no, we're finishing. No, don't worry. We're leaving right now. Or like, yeah, we actually do need an extra hour. Is that possible? Um, so just having like consistent communication back and forth between them has been super helpful. Ooh, you nice. know what would be really helpful, I feel like, for people to talk to talk about hmm. is like I've had to – there's hundreds of listings on Peerspace and – ideally you want to be on the top of the list because no one's going to go through hundreds of listings. They're just going to, their attention span, you know? So through having the studio, I've kind of had to learn what works and what doesn't work and how to get my listing further and further, further up the charts. And I'm still figuring it out. I don't totally understand their algorithm, but what's helped is having people leave a review after they're booking and I respond to all messages and inquiries immediately, less than an hour. I have to like keep my my special peer space host like verification thing by responding immediately. So I have it I have it on my app on my on my phone and it like texts me anytime, it gives me a little no- notification anytime someone reaches out and I know I have to immediately respond, which is, you know, it's been a little bit of a process, you know, I'm running, yeah. I'm running another business as well. So I'm technically on call 24 seven for Buka. It's definitely been people who have like reached out and pinged my phone at like 1 a.m. and I'll have to wake up and be like, oh my goodness okay i'm like i will not lose my status on this website yeah do you champagne go and or your business partners go and let people in and out of the space or do you have somebody that you've kind of hired um to outsource that task between the three of us we've been able to juggle it i think only once or twice we've had we've needed to like bring someone else on but i mean between boyfriends or friends or assistance we've been able to pull someone we work remotely so it's not that big of a deal if we have to run downtown and let someone in and out so the conveniency of our own businesses has benefited the studio we have yet to hire an employee for buka the workload of the whole process definitely there's a lot more at the front end of just launching it because we had two months of renovations like crazy you know physical labor happening painting and like scraping the flooring and installing light fixtures and all that stuff and also just getting the website up and running the instagram we had a big open house launch party where we invited everyone we knew to the space um what else insurance installing the nest cam getting the wi-fi installed definitely that was like 
a lot at the front end and now it's just kind of like it's definitely a lot easier now because it's just a little bit here and there maybe some months or some moments it's been a little bit difficult just because I'm also juggling my own photography business and my partners are running their own business but we've so far been able to like make it work and yeah I guess for anyone listening like there's just definitely a lot more upfront work and but after you have it up and running um it kind of runs itself I would say other I there's also other studios like you don't have to let people in personally and let them out there's other studios that have like a lock and key situation or code and it's very hands-off there's a studio in downtown that's pretty popular that I had rented with a client and the people running the space lived in Bali and they just they just um had hired someone to clean the studio so they're like yeah go on in the door's unlocked it's there it's waiting for you it's ready and we didn't see anyone the whole time we were shooting and we packed up and left and that was crazy so and they're just I guess running it then on their computer and hiring someone to clean it so you can kind of be as hands-on or hands-off as you want yeah it doesn't really sound like there's any right or wrong way yeah yeah and um we just I think we decided to be a little bit more hands-on because I don't know I I was just like kind of nervous I didn't know how to do this I've never done this before and I was like I want to show people that we care and we're going to meet them in person because I don't want to be you know screwed over and also I'm a little bit noise nosy I'm like I need to know what's happening I don't want to be just like in my own apartment be like yeah yeah yeah, go ahead rent it out use it I don't care what you do you know like this is my baby I care about her When we first opened up the business and also while we were in transition of opening the business, I did research online. I was like literally tapping in, how do you open a photo studio? There's nothing, there was at least a year ago, there was nothing out there. There's no blog post saying like, this is what you should do. And if, if there was an article, like it wasn't really that informative, um, so I hope that this this podcast can help someone because I was super lost. Also with like photography, I feel like it's just important to share the information and get it out there and help people. And I was super bummed. There was no like YouTube tutorials. There was no one talking about it. There's no blog posts. I didn't know anyone personally. And also I feel like, I just feel like photographers, some photographers kind of, hold their information to themselves like this little like cherry on the tree that they just don't want to give away like they think that they work so hard to get this information and they want it to because it was so hard for them they don't want to give it away this info and it's just I don't know I just don't think that um, outlook is very helpful for anyone so it's it was like a trial and error I didn't I couldn't find articles on my answer, so I literally just had to go, well, I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. Luckily, I had business partners. You know, we had a lot of back and forth discussions of what to do in this situation. Well, even just like, what should we name the Wi-Fi? Um, You know, even just like finding the studio and the location we wanted to make sure because there's some sketchy locations in downtown we're like this needs to be like a legit spot we don't want anyone to be like worried about walking to or from it at night you know we want to make sure that there's like food places nearby if anyone wants to like postmate something so but there's no 
there was no article online being like, make sure you're in a safe place or make sure this, this, or that. It was just kind of like learning yeah. these things as we went. Champagne, for those wanting to open up their own photo studio, what's not only some advice that you'd give to them, but some practical action steps? Yes, anyone wanting to open up their own photography studio, the advice I would give them at the top would be, Mm-hmm. Get your contracts in writing with your landlord. Mm-hmm. Get a contract. If you go in on the space, get a contract written up between you and your partner laying out just like you just want to make sure you don't want to be like screwed over anything like even who owns majority of the company. If the company should, you know, dissolve like what assets go to who all that stuff like have a lawyer drafted up and everything. It's even if it's your friend yeah, or family 100%, member? hundred percent. Even more if it's a friend or a family member. Because mm-hmm. emotions run hot with friends and family. And you just make sure that everything is, is good to go. And beyond that, I would say you don't have to wait till you're X amount of years into your career. You can get started now. It, it definitely takes a little bit of an upfront cost with it. But I think... You don't need as much if you're going in on it with someone else, if you're sharing the responsibilities and the financial stress and also just incorporating like renting out the studio. Like you don't have to pay double rent, like your own apartment rent and your studio rent. Your studio, if you set it up, that studio can pay for itself. And eventually our dream with with Buka is that it would pay us back our investment and make us more income. And that would be just another additional income that we would be receiving. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just it's just going to take a little bit more upfront costs and, and effort. But I think there's definitely like a potential in this business. Like people are always looking for locations different spots and if you make it cute and accessible to everyone I think it'll be a hit totally do you think there's even a market for it if you're not in a major city like LA or New York City even if you're not in a big city there's probably still a need for it I would I would maybe even go on peer space and look up your city and your state and like look up what locations are already there and if there's nothing then boom you got a business that has no competition like how amazing would that be and if there's a community of of people in your 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 city that are creating things and there's not a space like a studio space like i say you should definitely go for it and i would imagine that cheap is way renter or cheap cheap is way renter rent is way cheaper than la Going back to one of the first action steps that you were talking about, how if you have somebody go in on the project with you, it can relieve a lot of the stress, the financial stress, and operating the business itself. For those who don't have another photographer in the area who is also interested in opening up a studio, what would you suggest? Do you think that they could still go in on it with somebody? Or do they have to go at it alone? I think that definitely people could find people outside of being a photographer or even a creative someone I think that even if you wanted to just find an investor who's like I'm going to give you the cash you do you but I want like a percentage like you could totally do that um I I definitely don't think you should limit yourself to just finding another photographer to go in on it because honestly there's not 
other than taking photos of the space to use in your listing, there's not much photography related aspects of running this business. Um, I think just as long as you understand a little bit of basic like interior design and even that, like I don't fully understand. I just like look at Pinterest and we've been kind of picking cute pieces as we go. But um, I think just finding someone who has that upfront cash to invest in it with you and is willing to share the responsibilities and yeah, maybe they look at it as like a investment or someone who, um, oh my gosh, you know, it'd be really good if you found someone who is like an event planner because then they could recommend yeah. your location to all of their events. Boom. Totally. Or even like a graphic designer, a web de- developer, yeah. someone who can just use the space too um, a as product a studio, co- like a, a product company studio. who like needs to use yeah. the space maybe to shoot some of their product. Um, or yeah, even someone yeah. totally unrelated who just like works on their computer and it would be just like convenient for them to just like pop in and out and let someone in or out or help you design the website, totally. whatever. This episode has been such a gold mine for anybody listening. I'm so grateful that you took the time to share your story and to really be open about the whole process. Do you have any final things that you would like people to know? I think my final word would just be like, you can do it. I think uh, a lot of people hold themselves back a little bit more often than they need to. Like, if you have a dream, you should just like go for it. And if if opening a studio is something you want, you know, I didn't have all the money immediately like I had to wait and save up money I didn't find my business partners until the moment happened you know like there were definitely a lot of obstacles that got in my way I mean we had two locations we were shot down and we still were like we're gonna make this happen we're gonna make this happen like we'll just keep holding on like people should you know don't don't put up obstacles just like keep moving forward you know where can everybody find you, Champagne? And where can they find and rent out Buka yes. Studios? Well, thank you, Jessica, so much for having me on. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Of course. Are you serious? I'm super thankful. Everyone can find me and my photography work on Instagram at Champagne Unicorns. And you can find the studio at www.bukastudios.com. Buka is spelt B-O-O-K-H-A studios. We're on Instagram as well, but it's more of like a landing page. If you go to our website, there's photos of the space and a link to book it. And I am the one who personally responds to every inquiry. So if you reach out and want to book the space, it will be me saying, hey, what's up? Hello. Everything will be linked in the show notes. You can also head to jessicawhitaker.co slash blog slash champagne. And in that post, you can get a quick link to everything as well as seeing some of the studio spaces. But honestly, just go onto her own Instagram and drive traffic to their website first. (laughs) It's such a beautiful space in just the way that you have been able to set it up from the back end and the front end is really inspiring and I'm just so so grateful thank you for taking your time today and sharing with those I think it's going to be such an inspirational episode but not just something that's oh inspirational now I'm motivated you've shared your practical you know calculated leap of faith with people and your wisdom so I'm so excited yeah no I hope it's super helpful for everyone else as well 
cool. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Champagne, again, for being here. I really, really appreciate you. You're such an inspiration. And thank you for just being so open to share with those listening and to really build and build up the community. Yay, thank you. Okay, how good was that episode? Like, I... Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have this tool out there in the world for anyone to be able to learn from. Do not forget to go and check out Champagne as well as Buka Studios. You can head to jessicawhitaker.co slash blog slash champagne for all of her quick links or you can just pop on over to the show notes. Can I also ask you a favor? Would you go over into iTunes and leave a review for today's episode? Then I can screenshot it and share it with Champagne and just bring her some encouragement. She'll be able to see really testimonials on how she impacted people today. I'm really, really thankful for her and I'm glad that you were able to listen and to learn. Thanks for listening to the Build and Bloom podcast. If you love the show, leave us a review on iTunes to keep it running. This also helps other photographers to find this free resource. Looking for more? Join over 60,000 photographers in the Build and Bloom Facebook group. Just search for Build and Bloom in Facebook groups to join in the encouraging and empowering community. You can also find Jessica's tutorials and tools on YouTube and Instagram at Jessica Whitaker and show notes and further resources on her website, jessicawhitaker.co. Thanks for spending time here. Catch you in the next episode.